Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Hello, everybody. Chuck Bonneville, Julie Hayden, the Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, Truth Straight Up, brought to you by. Brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, and HappyTrees.co. Dr. Brian Junedep is going to be joining us here in a little bit. He's got another great column up as a doctor saying, why why are we talking about masks again, right, and vaccines again, and things like that? It's like, no one believes that anymore, right? And then when you combine it with all the weird stuff about Fauci sneaking into the CIA, which seems weird. How do you sneak into the CIA? Well, I guess when they help you sneak in. So it's not really sneaking in, but we'll talk about all of that. Um, The great debate is on tonight. I'd forgotten all about it until I saw some of this. I enjoyed the last one. Okay. I, I probably will not watch it, but anyway, we'll talk about that. about that. We have that. And then the bizarre ruling, I mean, talk about how evil they are um, in, in the, the judges in New York, right? Yeah, just kind yeah. of the judges kind of unilaterally, with, you know, removed. No trial, no evidence. No evidence. And just on his own, without citing any evidence, declares that Trump, um, his, uh, essentially that what he did was he overvalued his assets, right? And and the judge said that the Mar-a-Lago is worth like just a mere 18 million. But actually, and that, you know, it's worth like 300 million. Right. I mean, it, it, and it's based on nothing from what we can tell. So we can talk about that. But want to start off with this is a huge, huge, huge weekend um, coming up for the Colorado Republican Party, among other things. And probably the most important thing I think right. they're going to be voting on is whether or not to um, liberate the Colorado uh, primary, Republican primary, by opting out of the open primary, which has just been a disaster for Republicans in elections ever since it, you know, ever since it was implemented. One of the things we want to point out to you guys is the corporate establishment Republican media keep misreporting this and they're doing it on purpose because they want to try to make people uh, make people feel like they're being disenfranchised right they keep not saying what the options are that that people that the central committee is going to actually be voting on and they're doing it on purpose because it's all controlled by the establishment and keep in mind they're doing that because they know the establishment candidates will never get on the ballot under this process right I mean you have to actually be a popular candidate with principles and things like conservative principles. Well, but you like need that. to do that, but but they won't get it on because they're not really Republicans. Right. They're semi-Democrats and they run in the Republican Party because it's convenient or they, they hate it in the Democratic Party. Um, but it's, it's you know, to be against the opt-out and, and they all say, oh, I'm all for the lawsuit. No, you're not. Right, because um, the, the, the lawsuit needs... So there are two things going on. So there is a vote coming up at the Central Committee where the 400 roughly members need a 75% majority to approve opting out of the primary. That's one track. There is another track and the two are connected that and Chuck is deeply involved in both of them. There is another track that is a lawsuit that the Colorado Republicans have filed with the support of the Colorado Republican Party for a change, um, saying that it's completely unconstitutional that we're being forced to do this. Um, the judge 
in a similar lawsuit a few years ago, one of the reasons the judge cited for not ruling in our favor was, well, your own party didn't vote to opt out because Christy Burton Brown wouldn't, wouldn't do that, right? Your own party. And so this vote even if it doesn't get to the 75% threshold, it is important to show that a majority of the Republicans leading the party support opting out, right? So whenever you have somebody say, oh, I support opting out, but I just don't support voting to opt out. It's like, that's a lie. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's just a lie. But why don't you explain what, well, let me, one more thing, and I'll set the stage here. In doing this, Chuck and the opt-out committee and the the Dave Williams, Anna Ferguson, um, Hope Shuffleman, uh, the leadership of the Colorado Republican Party have had to deal with like 80 million like herding cats, mm-hmm. right? And everybody has a strong opinion about this. Everybody has their own plan. Um, everybody has varying concerns about how it's going to be paid for money. Are the counties going to have to do things? But what if the counties want to do things, et cetera, et cetera. So they have worked hard to come up with essentially two options that the members will be voting on. So take it away. Well, one is the, the uh, one that's sort of lined out in the statute uh, for fostered upon us, where we just go through the assembly process. You got to get a majority of assembly, um, or at least a plurality at the assembly, um, and then you'll be the candidate. There won't be any uh, process. Right. The other one, to, but that would allow only those people who are at the assembly to vote. Now, we're disfranchising 900,000 Republicans. And said, so, no, we're not. So if that's what you want to do, uh, we'll have the assembly. Anybody who gets 30 percent or more goes into equivalent of a runoff. Um, and everybody, all 900,000 Republicans every, get to vote. Every registered Republican every registered would get to Republican vote. Get, get to vote. You can either do it electronically uh, because we can't afford uh, to have another. Uh, the, the counties yeah, well, can't afford. Let me let me finish. Okay. Um, so we do it electronically. But if a county wants to do it. Uh, by paper ballots, um, they can do it. Um, and if you want to, just have to ask for a waiver, which will be liberally granted, um, and and it'll be vote by uh, uh, paper ballots uh, and tabulated. And and if I even if my county doesn't want to do that, if I say, well, I still want to print out the ballot and mail in a paper ballot. Or, or walk it in. Someplace. Or walk it in someplace. You can do that too. So there are two options. Uh, the, I just said that. Well, but uh, but I mean, though, that, but they keep, let me finish. They keep leaving out that second option that if the membership so votes would allow every registered Republican to vote. Right. Right. And they're, they're doing that on purpose. It's like they're leaving out the most important half because that's one of the biggest objections. So they have answered that objection. They've solved that objection. And then the establishment people and the media, and Davis sent numerous emails out about this so the media well you don't have to think real hard if if the denver post don't want you to do it if colorado politics doesn't want you to do it then you want to do it right it's not hard if the democrats going oh don't do it don't do it uh because it will quote unquote hurt you (laughs) i mean it's a joke it's It's a joke that's how you can tell and so what this whole process has done basically is is um it has revealed the people who are the rhinos. And the reason I say that is the main group, and Peg 
Cage has done some good writing on this at MyCollaroGOP.com. The main group of people who are opposed to this, tragically, are a, a significant portion of our Colorado elected officials, like Barb Kirkmeyer. Why? Because they know that if there were only Republicans voting, they wouldn't get voted in, right? right? So right. They, they know they would lose. So they need the people who need the Democrat votes in order to win, because the Democrats, and I'll talk some numbers here, are shifting over and becoming unaffiliated voters to vote in the Republican primary, right? They know they need those Democrats. And so they know that the peop- the elected officials who are opposed to this are opposed because they know they will never get the Republican vote, right? right? And But those people all have power in their little fiefdoms, right? Mm-hmm. And so the people say, if you're, a, a, you know, um, a, a, a county party official and you're friends with like one of the elected officials in the county because you like schmoozing and everything like that well your elected official is saying i'll take adams county gabe evans got a what an f or a d and the liberty d in the liberty scorecard right um and you know he i'm sure is opposed to this because he knows that if if only republicans could vote he wouldn't get elected so it's a real litmus test the other thing they say is that, well, it will disenfranchise the unaffiliated voters. Part of me says, who cares? That's like saying not letting Patrick Mahomes vote for who gets to be the Broncos starting quarterback disenfranchises Patrick Mahomes. Too bad, right? I mean, if an unaffiliated voter wants to vote in the Colorado Republican primary, all they have to do is change their registration to Republican. Which takes about 30 seconds. Which, yeah, point. which you'd think if they really truly felt strongly about voting in the Republican primary, wouldn't be that big of a deal, right? Right. So, so that's a ridiculous argument. But the other, well, the other is, argument they said, and we heard that the Adams County, well, this will this will cause all the unaffiliated because they only get the Democratic ballot. They think, oh, this is my person, and I'll vote for him again. Um, that was proven wrong in Virginia, where they excluded <laughs> unaffiliated and Democrats uh, from getting a ballot, and and all Democrats got their own Democratic ballot as long as everybody else, uh, except the Republicans. And what was the result? It was an enormous victory for Republicans. Youngkin, Winsome Sears, best result ever. So the idea that this somehow would hurt Republicans. And once again, just do the Denver Post test. If the, Den- if the Denver Post really thought that opting out would hurt Republicans, they'd be all for it. They'd be all for it, exactly. Well, and and again, what we've seen happen in Colorado and other states that have adopted the open primary, there's a reason the Democrats push it. Um, Kathleen Murdoch, bazillionaire, is is openly, um, not even being tricky about it, dumping money into Colorado Republican primaries and and Weld County in order to elect essentially fake Republicans, right? right? We've seen people in other states declare themselves Republicans. They're not Republicans. But they run in the open primary, they get elected, and then they become Democrats, right? Look at Kevin Priola kind of thing, right? So the the Democrats are actively, it's part of their strategy, and they don't even hide it, meddling in the open Colorado Republican primaries. But the numbers um, don't lie. So the... Uh, number one thing to remember, number one, the unaffiliated voters are increasingly going for the Democrat candidate in Colorado and the general election anyway. So the, the unaffiliated voters are swinging. Now, I'm going to say that's because of ballot harvesting, right. but but that's a whole separate argument. But the point is, it's not like there are billions and billions of unaffiliated voters who want to vote Republican. The numbers show in 2018, OK, the GOP candidate um and I, I think this might 
I think candidates in general is what this is. The GOP candidates got 47% of the unaffiliated vote. The Democrats got 53. So that's 47 to 53. Jump up to 2020, the GOP candidates dropped down to 38% of the unaffiliated vote, but the Democrats jumped up to 62%. Now go fast forward to the last one in 2022, the GOP portion of the unaffiliated vote is down to 36% and the Democrats is up to 64%. That's with the open primary, right? So we're sending theoretically this middle of the road candidate and the unaffiliated voters are still increasingly voting for well, that's the because, Democrat. But what, another one, I don't have the statistics, but more people are voting in the Republican primary who are unaffiliated than the Democrats. So what's happening is unaffiliates go to the Republican primary to get the most left-wing one or the one they think <clears throat> is going to lose. Right. And then they swing back for the general election to vote for the Democrat. Exactly. Um, exactly. And and here's the thing. Another thing the data shows is that the more unaffiliated voters who vote in the GOP primary, the worse that GOP candidate fares in the general election, which we, we saw, right. you, you know, so so even this argument that like, oh, we're going to disenfranchise the unaffiliated voter, they are not, they're hurting the party, their participation. It's not helping it. The, so again, the more unaffiliated voters who vote in the Colorado uh, Republican primary the uh, to select the candidate, the worse that candidate does in the general election. So, I mean, their arguments just don't make sense. Um, they don't a, care. No, and that's going to be a huge, a, a huge thing going on um, this weekend. And obviously we'll be filling you in. You know, we were going to wait till 3.30, but I see Dr. June Depp is here. Hey, Brian, you want us to, can we come to you a little bit early? Absolutely. I'm here. (laughs) What a sunny atmosphere you have there. That's right. I'm outside. All right. Um, Okay. So you have another great outside before the snow falls. Yeah. Yeah, Sooner or later. Um, A great column in American thinker. Why on earth are we talking about masks again? Um, And I wanted to say, so we've seen new reports coming out today that, that number one, we've got the CIA essentially bribing its own analysts to talk, to lie about the, the leak, the the COVID origins. We've got reports now that show Dr. Fauci sneaking into the CIA, um, the white house and the, State Department secretly to do some arm twisting to convince everybody not to say that that it came from a lab leak. And so, like, why are we believing these people? Right. Since when is the CIA involved in domestic policy? I thought they were they have a mandate to not operate within the U.S. And, and here they are influencing U.S. opinion and, and policy. But then again, the you know, the Mockingbird Project or whatever it was where they infiltrate the U.S. media. And they're they're basically a propaganda arm, <clears throat> not in the Soviet Union, not in China, but here in the United States. Right. Oh, yeah. And then and then you look at how much money Dr. Fauci made. And, and I mean, all of the ties there. It, it's crooked from the beginning. Well, there's a, a funny one. I'm not sure if you saw it, that Elon Musk put on X, <laughs> formerly Twitter. Um, in which he starts out with all the headlines, 100% effective, 100% effective, then yes. 99, 98, <laughs> down, to, down to finally admitting it's ineffective from, from you, one, uh, getting COVID or transmitting it. And the only thing they can lie about now is saying, we think it, you, don't, you don't get quite as severe COVID. Based on what? Based on <laughs> nothing? We just said it. They don't even talk about that. It, about this. Yeah, based on their feeling. It's, it's you yeah. know, where's the science? The CDC, they, they lied about masks from the get-go. And 
you know, they lied about the safe and effective and, uh, you know, they should have been honest about what they knew and what they didn't know. They didn't even test for transmission. And yet that was the talking point that got disseminated to the media. We heard over and over that if you get vaccinated, you will not catch COVID, you will not transmit COVID. And that's false because everybody I know that's tested positive for COVID recently has had the vaccine and who knows how many boosters. Right, right. So the fact that you can't get it is is false. And and people do get sick, but people aren't getting as sick anymore uh, regardless because it's mutated to a, a milder form, which viruses typically do. Right. Well, I was reading a thing where the doctors were saying, you know, when they're testing that they're having to test because they can't tell the difference between COVID and a cold, and a cold <laughs> anymore, which, again, raises a question. So we don't wear masks. We don't get vaccinations for colds because we all know while they can be annoying and uncomfortable, we're probably going to survive them just fine until we give it to you know our husband or our Well, kid. there is no effective vaccine, no. For, vaccine for the cold, effective yeah. or ineffective. So yeah. it's. We don't. And if and if you can't tell the difference between a cold, a cold is not a that, that's just a constellation of symptoms. A cold does not imply what virus cold yeah. just means you have an upper respiratory infection with, you know, coughing, sneezing, sore throat, runny nose. It doesn't imply what virus it could be influenza. It could be a coronavirus. It could be a rhinovirus. Who knows? Right. But we don't get worried about it. Right. Because well, we, we know people get a cold and they they deal with it. And if you're getting really sick, you call your doctor or go to the hospital if you're having trouble breathing. But most people, it's it's an annoyance and you get over it in a week. And well, if what, you, what, you can't what tell the difference is, is at this point, is there a difference? Right. What, what percentage of people do you think are taking the latest booster? Uh, I think very few. I don't, I don't personally know of anybody, but it's not like I'm asking around. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd say uptake is going to be less than 10% would be my guess. Right. ABC was reporting half of American adults. I'm like, no, you just made that. It was, and it wasn't based on anything. It was just sort of like experts say, or experts, some, say. experts say, well, go back, let's go back to the masks. What do you, because, because I think it has nothing to do with health. I, I think we all could agree on that anymore. But what do you make of all of a sudden this, you know, this push to get the new vaccine, um, the push to, that some people in some places are adopting to wear masks? What do you make of that? Well, my body, my choice. You want to wear a mask over your body, then feel free. If you don't, then feel free not to. Uh, my body, my choice applies to more than reproductive health. It can apply to masking as well. And if if masks were so great, we would have been wearing them every winter during the flu epidemics. Right. Where, you know, 50, 60,000 people in America died every year from the flu and hospitals had lots of flu patients and ICUs had people with flu. Um, we, we'd have been wearing masks and Dr. Fauci and Dr. Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General, wouldn't have said early in the pandemic that masks don't work for re- respiratory virus. That's been the standard policy for decades. Yeah. I mean, the only the only people that wore masks were back in, you know, hundreds of years ago. They wore these uh, beak masks. Yeah. Well, yeah. today, the only people who wear masks are looters, right? It's yeah. the people right. looting well, this. It's very convenient to avoid uh, detection. And, you know, now if you go through global entry or some other clear or some other security system at the airport, you can't have a mask on. 
Right. right. If you want to wear a mask, then then fine. I, some young people, I think, do that just more as a fashion statement than anything yeah. else. Don't ask well, me why, but, you know, people dye their hair purple and green as a fashion yeah. statement. But <laughs> I don't quite understand that either, but to each their own. But if well, you want yeah. a mask or a ear, you know, a nose earring or something, then have at it. Well, the the trouble is, you know, they've all said unless you get a N95 mask, it's it's really of no benefit. Um, and now it's coming out. If you wear an N95 mask for any extended periods of yeah. time, it's highly unhealthy for you. Well, um, you're well, number one. The big studies show that the masks don't make any difference, and the N95 and the surgical mask are relatively the same. You know, the N95 has a, a smaller pore size, but viruses still get into it. Viruses are quite tiny, and the pores in these masks are much larger. With a standard surgical mask, it's, you know, 10 to 100 times larger. N95, it's not that big a difference, but it's still larger, and you're not you're not keeping it out. I mean, I've worn an N95 mask, and you can detect odors. So, yeah. uh, you know, you can smell things around you. Yes. Alcohol and other things that are used in a surgical setting, you, you know, you notice the smell, and it's a properly fitted mask so if you're smelling something it's like yeah the virus is probably getting in as well (laughs) why do you think i mean i have my theory but why do you think they're pushing i mean they prove to be largely unpopular um people are not i mean they're kind of voting with their arms so to speak they're not getting the vaccines i'm in spite of them telling us we need to why do you think well, let me put it this way. Do you think the upcoming presidential election and campaign season could have anything to do with any of this? Or, or is there maybe even worse reasons? Oh, no, no, absolutely no correlation. <laughs> it's like we we didn't go through this before the last election. Of, of course there is. It's, I think, to induce fear into the population uh, to get everybody scared of the next uh, pandemic boogeyman. And, you know, we can't have uh, in-person voting. It's got to be mail-in ballots. It's uh, all this stuff. And uh, and and if people are masked up, particularly the protesters, you, you look at the looters in Philadelphia last night. How many of them were in masks? All of them, right? Uh, it's a lot harder to identify somebody in masks. You look at the, you know, this, this FBI group that dresses in the, the blue polo <laughs> shirts and khaki pants and... <laughs> short haircuts and tall and muscular you know that's uh they all wear masks so they're not identified as feds right one incident where one guy had his mask pulled off and he was identified as a you know fbi agent in training or something and they're (laughs) paranoid about covering their faces so they can't be identified what about, do you think people are going to go along with, I, I mean, there there doesn't appear to be a giant push, but it started out kind of so last time. Do, I personally don't think people will go along with it this time. What do you think? I, I don't, I don't think so. A lot of people won't, but what, what happens when it's, you know, mandated and the board of health goes, goes around to the health clubs and says, yeah, yeah, people don't wear a mask. We're closing you. Right. Yes. Then it's hard. Or if there's a medical mandate from the, Department of Health in the state or county or wherever that doctors' offices, hospitals, labs, et cetera, everybody has to wear a mask. Well, you you don't want to deal with the the local uh, authorities closing your business and fining you and everything else. So when when you have a kind of a police state that you you do what you're told, it's we're we're highly regulated. 
Right. Well, what, if, what if restaurants are told and they ignore it, then they're closed. Right. So it's it's you're you're put in a very untenable position. But how people about, will how not about the, agreeably. The the most recent study I saw um, showing that hydrochloroquine actually does help, and, and you're kind of going, huh? What do you know? It <laughs> yeah, actually it helps. Right. Well, they they knew that that it was. I mean, the, the off-label therapeutics of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, they downplayed them because if they said anything potentially works, then you could not have emergency use authorization right. for vaccines. The vaccines right. did not go through proper approval process like all other vaccines where there's prospective randomized trials and long-term follow-up and safety data. These were rushed out, and we're seeing the results of that. But as long as it was under emergency use authorization – you could justify it. It's, it's, you know, like a police car. Police car can't just drive around with his lights and sirens on because he's trying to get to lunch. You know, right. there's got to be an emergency and you justify it. What do you make of, so in other countries now, um, they're, they're not recommending the vaccine for anybody, for anybody, basically. They're not recommending masks. I mean, before this took, and, and I think you're seeing, in the second part of that, we're seeing, I think, more people in the medical community speaking out. I think last time it was a pandemic and then they crushed down so hard on anybody who raised a question. Mm-hmm. But do you think the medical community, some of them at least, are going to be more willing to raise their hand and say, just like you are here, I'm sorry, masks don't work. We don't need to use a mask again. Yeah, and that's not my opinion. All, all I'm doing is quoting what's in the published literature. You know, a Cochrane analysis, which is a meta-analysis of all the randomized clinical trials out there, or a JAMA study, or the German study I quoted. It's not me just, you know, oh, right. this is what I think, or this is I'm pulling this from the air. It's this is this is this is what's called following the science. Yeah. Where you look at good quality studies and draw conclusions based on it. We do that on all other aspects of, of medical care. Well, let me ask you about one thing. You know, one of the ones they do now is saying, okay, those at risk should take the uh, the shot and the booster and, and all of that. Um, and the shot and the booster is shown to cause heart problems. Well, who has the weakest hearts? <laughs> is it the 20-year-olds or is it the 80-year-olds? Um, oh, exactly. And it's, it's you know, those at risk died, died disproportionately. If you look at right. Steve Kirsch and his substack, where he's looking at nursing home deaths and timing, you had nursing homes that, you know, they, they lose 5% of their population to death in, in a year. And, you know, the vaccines rolled out and they lost, you know, 50% each month or something crazy <laughs> like that. You know, there were, there were the, the, the numbers were off the charts. And, so, yeah, the, the vulnerable, the higher risk, well, there may be at higher risk for adverse events as well. And in medicine, yeah. it's, it's what's the risk, what's the benefit? There's a risk-benefit ratio, and that's how you decide. Uh, you know, cataract surgery is a low-risk procedure, but if somebody has a visually insignificant cataract, you don't remove it because you, you have worth it. You have no visual benefit, and you're only taking on the risk. So that's 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 an axiom in medicine that you look at the risks and benefits of cataract surgery, a new hip, a hernia, whatever. It's it's sometimes the the risk outweighs the benefit. And that's not being uh, looked at. Kids are at zero risk of getting seriously ill with covid. Uh, 
the only kids that, that have died of COVID are immunocompromised or had something else going on. And, you know, what are we even clear on the cause of death? Right. But instead, it's just risk and harm. It's a lot of uh, young athletes in particular that are developing myocarditis and and that places them at risk of sudden death. And is that a justifiable risk for <laughs> no preventing something that? You know, the, they may be laid up in bed for a few days, and then they get over it. So, but aren't what, you aren't you surprised yeah. they're still pushing it? I mean, yeah, give, I mean, yeah, you would. I mean, I understand why the big pharma is because it was so much money for them, but but all these other ones kind of going, you know, the the game is up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd think that the NFL. I mean, you, you would hope because I mean it's clear, and it seems we've got studies, particularly from other countries, where they seem to be taking more of an honest look at things. That there have been some very serious side effects of the vaccine. Which what a surprise! It wasn't really tested, so you know who knew, right? Um, but I, do, I mean, what do, it's hard as just a layperson to know what to make of that, right? Because any time now I see a sudden death, I'm like, vaccine caused it, right? Um, which may or may not be true, but they won't, the science, they won't let anyone follow the science, it seems to me, in this country. Well, there there should be a analysis of this, and they're, they're shutting it down. If you ask questions, you're a denier, and they call you names and, and try to censor you. Asking questions is is the basis of science. You know, and and to say that the FDA is always right. Well, they approved OxyContin and look what happened with that. And they approved Vioxx and look what happened with that. So they're just because something has the label of FDA approval, that it doesn't mean it can't cause harm. Right. You know, OxyContin is a, a good drug when used properly for the right indications. Uh, but what was said and what was passed along, if you've watched any of these Netflix shows about it, it's. You know, oh, it's not addictive. It's 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 great. <laughs> it's this, it's that, and and look at the problems we've had from it. So, uh, the the problem now is people don't trust the health agencies because they haven't told us the truth. The, the CDC is still saying to this day, uh, six months and older, you should be getting a booster. Why would you boost a, a six month old? Right, right. It's, it's well, you, zero risk. You what? you put this in, and that's I I wouldn't. Would, do you take the annual flu shot? Uh, if I have to, if uh, if I can avoid it, I avoid it. I'm a lot less trustful of it now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if you asked me that question five years ago, sure, I had no reason to to mistrust. Yeah, you you realize the flu shot's fifty or forty percent effective, uh, so you can still get the flu, right. but the risk benefit ratio of you know getting the flu and being knocked out for a, a week. Uh, yeah, people got it. People are a lot more skeptical now because they don't yeah. trust the the CDC and the FDA and who knows what's in it and is there mRNA in it? I don't know. You know, right? Well, and do we? I mean, you read stuff and and now and again, it's hard to know just as a layperson what's true. But now you're seeing all of these immuno autoimmune illnesses. You're seeing that they're talking about finding weird DNA remnant. I mean, just weird stuff. And, 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 um, some of the testing that they're doing with people from the MRA or MR or whatever it is, the MRNA. Um, and I, I think this is just my suspicion anymore that we actually, I probably Dr. Fauci has a clue, but a lot of us, I think probably have no idea how much harm, not only the vaccine, but the COVID policies did. And there's a part of me that you just kind of, 
and you don't know what to do because when you think of it, our own government was potentially killing us and didn't care, right? Our own government was going around hiding under Dr. Fauci the cause of the whole thing in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. Our own government did, you know, doesn't care that athletes are dropping dead. Instead, they're telling them, no, go ahead and get the vaccine again and we'll probably pressure the NFL. And yet you sit here as a citizen and it's like, what do you do? I mean, it just makes you so angry. And yet, what do you, what do you, it's almost unimaginable, but what do you do about it? Well, people don't trust the government. It's the same government that says our border, southern border is secure. And obviously it's not when you've got, you know, 10,000 people a day illegally coming across the border. So there's a mistrust in government and this is fueling it. But yes, the inflammatory diseases, you're you're injecting, you know, genes that cause your body to make spike protein. And nobody knows how long that goes on for. And spike protein is not good for you. Yes, in, in terms of COVID, the idea is to create an immune response, but you're, you you keep making it. So if you catch COVID, you you have the spike protein in your body and you you have an immune reaction and your immune system gets rid of it and you're done. And you have antibodies and T-cell immunity and everything else. But with the vaccine, you're, you're continuing to make it. And nobody's quite sure how long that lasts for. Well, and I imagine it, uh, it probably really wasn't tested. So you're producing a toxin over and over. So it's like you do a detox to get the toxin out of your body, but your body keeps making the toxin. That's how that's not going to end well. And that keeps your immune system constantly jacked up because it's you, you, you don't get rid of it. So you, you have immune disorders. Megan Kelly was on the news yeah. recently about she's been diagnosed with some immune disorder. She was healthy and Saw the best rheumatologist in New York who said, yeah, it's from the vaccine, from the booster. And and you can't sue the, the vaccine companies, right? Because they have right. immunity. It's That's like, right. I mean, it's like you just you want to say, why don't you just send us to Ukraine or something? It would have been quicker, you know, or, or uh, you know, you're, if you wanted... you're seeing these nasty cancers, too. They call them right. turbo cancers. You're seeing them in young people that are, uh, you know, people that have cancer in remission and it comes out of remission all of a sudden very aggressively. Uh, yeah, that can happen. But when it happens repeatedly, it's it becomes more than a coincidence and it's worthy of investigation. But there's no interest in looking at cause and effect or association. It's, it's you know, dismissed out of hand. It can't be that. Right. Well, it's the you, know, you have a warm day and it's global warming. So there's, there's, <laughs> no, there's no good science there. But yeah, you know, every, every, every weather event, hot, cold, wet, dry is... Uh, Global, global warming, climate change, severe weather, whatever you want to call it. And and where, where's the where's the science there? That's it's there's none. It's very well, let me, application of science. Let me ask you this. I mean, the question comes, was the CDC and the health departments always bullshit? And we ju- it just right. exposed or were there at one time um, honest, trustworthy, yeah. uh, trustworthy people? I, was I, well, I don't know the answer to that, but I think at some time, at one point, they were, and they were honorable people trying to do their best, and it wasn't, you know, politicized and corrupted with money. You didn't have, you know, vaccines that are creating lots of billionaires, and you didn't have yeah. vaccine companies that are funding the evening news. Yeah. Seventy-five uh, percent of Fox News. Revenues from vaccine companies, uh, (laughs) Tucker. So it's, um, it's it's big money. It's corrupting the news, and and they do what they're told. 
So money influences, it influences the politicians. They're getting contributions. Who knows, you know, what's the NFL? I don't, I haven't looked at their tax returns and where they're getting contributions and their various foundations and right. NFL is a multi-billion dollar business. And if a billion sneaks into their coffers from big pharma, they're going to push a certain agenda. Oh, yeah. Well, and they like TV rights, too. Well, you know, and one of the things that worries me about this, too, is so they create once again, they're trying to create this panic. And then you have some people who fall for it or for where political reasons want to. And then on the one hand, it is good. You can say, OK, well, if you want to wear a mask, then you can. And you, if you don't want to, you don't have to. My concern is, is they're not going to go to the mandates again. But what they are going to do pertaining to election. Right. They're going to say, well, but some people because we forget here in Colorado, not everybody has a kind of corrupt election system that we have, right? In some places, people actually still go to the polls and vote on election day and show ID and stuff like that, right? But I think they're going to use this and say, okay, well, like 99% of the people are not wearing masks and aren't aren't even worried about it. But little old Karen over here is concerned about it. Therefore, we have to have all mail ballots to keep Karen happy. I mean, that's what I worry about. They're not going to they don't care about the COVID anymore, but they want to use it as an excuse to change election laws to accommodate this very small minority of people who might just be worried rather than smacking them and saying there's nothing to worry about. Well, I mean, they're, they're so worried they can't go to vote, but they do they go to the grocery store. Do they go to the <laughs> bank? Do they get their hair done? Do they go to a restaurant? You know, those, those are places with far more people. You, you go to... Right average voting place yeah there are a few people there but you're not in a big crowd and exposed to a lot of people like you are in a supermarket so uh you know be consistent are are people uh, you know not going out of their house are they that afraid and no they're not they're they're doing other things well they're using it as an excuse you know every so often i hear about somebody who's like oh so-and-so has long covid again and called in sick right long covid a real thing or not i mean we've we've got people who Stephen Tubbs said he had long COVID. And to, not, to not have to go into work to me. Who, who knows? I mean, yeah. what, what we're finding out now, there was just a paper recently that's suggesting, uh, you know, there may not be such a thing or it may be yeah. adverse events. Uh, long COVID is, is probably real for some people, but maybe it's, you know, over overused and and calling every ache and pain and malady that you have long covid because everybody's had covid now right uh, at one point so any you know if your knee hurts or you're having headaches well it's long covid it's maybe it's not because these are things people had uh before covid, before COVID. But, but it's a great how excuse you, how do you i can't come to work today I have, I'm coming down with my symptoms well, of long, low long COVID. COVID. I haven't That's been great. tested for it, but I have it. It comes and goes usually oh, on Fridays. There, there have been other conditions, chronic fatigue syndrome and, you know, fibromyalgia and restless leg and this, that, and the other. There, there are a lot of these conditions, which for some people are very real, but they're ill-defined. Yes. And, and it, it becomes kind of a catch-all. And it's it's unfair to those who truly are afflicted with these things. And there, there are probably people that have long COVID that have, you know, chronic, chronic yeah. disease, uh, damage from, uh, you know, their COVID or their hospitalization or their ICU stay or who knows what, where there, there is real damage, but that's, 
that can't be a catch-all that uh you know my cholesterol's up now or you know <laughs> yeah yeah you know, that's why i'm gaining that's, weight <laughs> that's yeah my weight gain is you know it's all long covid well uh prove it you know maybe what, and maybe uh, it's the donuts but what they do they don't, there's not a good definition of long covid you know it's it's symptoms after covid well the human beings will have symptoms regardless there people come down with things and Long COVID. Uh oh, long COVID is causing you to freeze. Whoop. 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 You're, you're freezing, Brian. Let me, can, well, sometimes it might be the connection there. It looks, but the, I know that's the, the, the Dr. Fauci snuck into the CIA and got him. <laughs> hey, well, listen, I think what we'll do is we'll let you go. Okay. We'll let you go anyway. You've been, you've been great. great. Thanks yeah, for having on. All right. Always informative. An American thinker, you can catch all of his columns there, Dr. Brian Jundep. <laughs> One other thing we wanted to talk about, oh, we have a few minutes left too, is um, we wanted to is he oh is he moving? He's dead. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, there you are. Let's see if he is he gonna come back. No. <laughs> I don't think he can hear. Hey Thomas, if you want to just maybe we can just let him go. Um, Brian, I think the signal is too goofy right now. We'll just we're gonna wrap it up there anyway because we've taken Thanks so much for thing. coming on. Yeah, thank you, uh, Dr. June Depp. Um, there is, and people may or may not be aware of this, a debate tonight. Another presidential debate. I forgot all about it. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure who all is in it. Not as many people. Seven before. people are in it. Okay, seven people. Um, Lisa Hutchinson didn't make it. Okay. Um, and Chuck, you're going to watch it because you just like watching yes. those things. Well, I don't. The last one was very entertaining. Some were very boring. This may be very boring, but the last one they really went after each other, and it was kind of entertaining. Um, I think Nikki Haley thinks everybody's saying this is her big chance to get the billionaire so, money. The big chance to do what, though? I don't know. I mean, I think the thing because I mean, Trump in the latest polls, he's beating all of them. I mean, but massively, right? I mean, and even it looks like if you read the stuff, even in political, which hates Trump, they talk about the donors, the big Republican money donors are just kind of giving up, right? They're not. They're not trying to find an alternate candidate anymore. No, they just well, want to help the, the Democrats. That everybody's looking. They may not give, but Nikki Haley. He's in new hot one and and uh, I mean I you know we have good friends at the country club that that uh, want Nikki Haley. Love Nikki Haley. Um, and I find her insipid, uh, kind of. She my... sends me way too many texts. I keep yeah. and here's the thing: I keep unsubscribing to her texts, and they keep coming. So keep coming. So, so stop it, Nikki Haley. I'm not going to vote for you anyway. Um, um, so, but but she. So everybody's looking. Can she kind of um, jump out of the? Uh, uh, the pack and become the, I mean, nobody's going to have her as their vice president. She's too much, um, too much of a backstabber, but, but apparently everybody's kind of, Oh, well, he, the amazingly uh, mediocre eight, eight year governor of South Carolina. I'm saying though, to the RNC, a stupid RNC, which of course hates Trump, right? Because it's it's all the, the establishment, big money donors. Right. But the RNC should be not spending all of its time on these stupid debates between candidates who are not going to be ever the candidate, the real, the presidential candidate, right? And why not take all the time and effort and money that we're putting into these debates and the candidates? And if they really want to help the company, the country, go ahead and spend that time, energy and money in get the get out the vote efforts, mm-hmm. the ballot harvesting efforts, things like that, that will really help Ooh, the Republican candidate yeah, win. Yeah. Because they they know that, that Trump is going to be the candidate, but they don't want Trump to be, they don't want Trump to win. No. That's what I think is happening, right? They've they've acknowledged and they're, they're happy to say that Trump is the 
candidate, but they're like, but okay, so we're going to help tank him. I think they're all still kind of holding on to some kind of hope. Oh, there you are. Brian, I'm back. Brian. Sorry. I think maybe uh, Dr. Fauci and the CIA didn't like what I was saying. I think so too. Well, here, let me ask you this. We were, because we switched, because wanted to talk about the presidential debate. Did you remember that there was a, a press, a GOP presidential debate tonight? Uh, no, I'm not planning on watching. <laughs> Chuck is well, and I'm like, I don't get it. I mean, I don't even understand why the RNC Trump is so far ahead in the polls. Why the RNC doesn't just say, "All right, we're going to give the voters what they want, and we're going to take our time, money, and energy, and help you know support the person you know who's going to be the obvious candidate and do the." But what I love is me held the Reagan Library, and and the Reagan Library, like all foundations, seems to always. You know, no matter how much the the person they're honoring or it was conservative, they all become liberals, and so or rhinos in this case. So they've they've got Paul Ryan, they have the former publisher of the Washington Post, they have the Murdoch and his son, they've got Peggy Noonan, all these people on a board, none of which would have liked Reagan when he was Reagan. I mean, Reagan back in the eighties was considered a radical far-right whack ball. And now they go, oh, he's so cute. Wasn't no, it's Ron all, it's so all cute. The, the donor class, the country club Republicans, and they all have high hopes for Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, whoever. And it's, it's no, they're, they're, it's a audition for a potential VP spot if Trump picks any of them. And I'm sure he has somebody in mind and he's not going to say anything until a lot closer. But it's he's not going to take any of those people. Well, it looks like some of the donors. Maybe, maybe uh, Ramaswamy, but Chris Christie or uh, no, Haley. (laughs) No, no, it's all it's all all theater and it's Trump bashing. And I'm sure, you know, people like Chris Christie, who I haven't heard any, you know, substantive ideas. All he does is bash Trump. And my guess is, you know, one of the donor class Republicans that hates Trump gave Chris Christie $10 million to his campaign and says, you go out and you bash Trump. Bash Trump. Whatever you don't spend, you can keep. Well, that's uh-huh. nice. <laughs> <laughs> the only debate I think that's stupider than the one tonight is the one that Sean Hannity is doing with Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. It's like, what are they debating? I mean, what and what are they debating for, right? And that's to say Ron DeSantis wins or Gavin Newsom wins. And it's like, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should we should all move to that state. I mean, it's 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 you know it's it's like two governors having a bet before the Super Bowl. So what? Yeah. Right, right. Does it does, doesn't matter? It's theater, and it's I don't know. I I haven't watched Fox since uh, they got rid of Tucker, so yeah, I don't know what. Right. Well, it'll be interesting to see the numbers. I mean, Tucker Carlson's interview with Trump because Trump does a great counter programming, right? The sure. time of the last debate, he went there. Now he's going to be, I think, at the striking auto workers, right? Today. Earlier today, right? So there's going to, you know. Um, and I think, you know, some of them that the corporate media will try to make a big deal about the debates. But like the, the people have made it clear nobody cares who wins the debate or doesn't win the debate because it doesn't make any difference. Like you said, it's like the, the mayor's betting before the Super Bowl, you know, people have, people have already made up their mind. So unless something drastically changes and they're they're throwing everything they can, you know, they're they're indicting uh, Trump for, you know. The, the value of Mar-a-Lago. Nobody else had a problem. The banks, the lenders, everybody, you know, 
Yeah, his Mar-a-Lago is worth nothing. It's it's worth a lot. <laughs> you know, his his twenty plus acres are worth a lot less than the half acre house next door. The judge would just say that, right? I mean, and, and that to me, besides the medical community that we can't trust anymore, that's, I think, something else that's becoming increasingly apparent is that the legal system, the yeah. justice system is completely untrustworthy. Anymore. I mean, what does the judge know? Is he a real estate developer? Does he sell uh, high-end Florida properties? Yeah. You know, that's, uh, well, that, that's silly, and I'm assuming that's going to get appealed and overturned, but it's 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 Maybe. the headlines for CNN, so they can breathlessly talk about it, and Chris Christie can say, "Oh, you know, Trump's unfit," and you know, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, black. What do you think about the fact, though, that that doesn't seem to matter? That every time this happens, he 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 gets increasingly popular um, and serves, I think, to only underscore his point that he's being targeted. Right? I mean, wh- what what do you why do you make of that? Well, people see through it, and they they. They know the media is gaslighting them and they live, live through COVID and yeah. multiple lies and misinformation and censorship. And the average person sees through that and then they see what's going on. They see the the riots in Philadelphia. They see the Target close, Target stores closing in San Francisco, Portland and Seattle. And when when is that going to be in Denver? And it's, you know, they see John Caldera picking up homeless poop and uh, dropping it off at the the, the city and county offices and right they they see that this is this is happening and they're living it they're living the crime the filth uh drive around town and see all the homeless camps they they know it's a problem and uh, the illegal immigrants and the the vets being kicked out of where they're living to house illegals and everything costs right. more food costs more gas costs more homes mortgages it's it's really uh, slapping everybody in the face that we're a lot worse off than we were four years ago. And anybody- no, Senator Coombs, Senator Coombs said, yes, the recent polling showing Trump ahead was not what he expected, but he'd rather have that now and have the great record that Biden has to be able to run on for next year. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. You know, what, what, what's the record? The record is with people, <laughs> the polls reflect that. Everything, everything is bad. Everything is bad. Well, and I think it's beginning to be kind of weird or questionable. Um, and real quick, I'll ask you this because then we got to wrap up the show. Do you think it's going to be Biden or do you think it's going to be somebody else? Or do you I don't know? think it'll be Biden. Biden is. I mean, he can't get through a speech without, you know, confabulating something. His physically he's he's becoming weaker and weaker. If you've noticed, he doesn't leave Air Force One on the normal staircase that right. all presidents do. Right. They're taking him out of the bottom of the plane on a short staircase. Slide for the him. other day he tripped. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's, he's clearly, he's not there. And now we're finding out about all the bribes, you know, right. wire transfers to his house. Well, right. uh, you, no. you guys ought to interview Ken Buck and ask him if this is evidence <laughs> that rises to impeachment. That's no, has, that's not He hasn't evidence. seen any. <laughs> oh, that is an evidence. Hey, listen, Brent, we've got to wrap up the show. Thank Appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming back on yeah, it. Even though the CIA oh, tried to stop you. All right. Have a thank great you. day. Good talking to you guys. Bye now. All right. Thank you. 
Um, on Friday, we're going to have Robert Spencer on. Yeah, He's going to bring us up to date yeah. on Ukraine and what's going on there. Because that's one of those other things. It's so hard to tell the truth, right? Mm-hmm. We need to sort that out. I want to thank Brian. Thank you to everybody on Zoom. All the great guys there at BBS Radio. Um, and I, that's it for us today. We'll that's see- it. Bye-bye. And we'll see you on... Party Friday. Party Friday. <laughs> Every day is Party Friday. <laughs>